Yo, yo, my check, my check. I'm here. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It's Rev Young Yates. You can catch me on Instagram at Young Yates. Catch me on YouTube at Rev Young Yates. If you're on Snap, Young Yates, baby. Welcome to Come See Real Quick. It's a good little show. We want you to come see and check it out. It's Rev Young Yates, and I am joined by the wonderful Miss Kimberly, Kimberly Butler. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself to the world. Hello, everyone. My name is Camry Butler. I'm a licensed professional counselor associate in the state of Texas. If you have Instagram, you can catch me on my personal account at Miss Cam Nicole, on my professional account at Camry Butler, and on Facebook at Cam Nicole. We're excited to have you all here today, man. We are excited. I mean, beyond measure, we've been working on this for half a year I believe and it's something that we believe God has purposed us uh, to do in this society that we live in there are a bunch of things that go unsaid uh, not talked about because of cultural upbringings but the pandemic has did a great job of shaking the foundation and the Bible says over in Acts 16 25 when Paul and Silas prayed God shook the foundation and after the foundation, they were free. Uh, the chains that they were had on them in prison were free. So it's not a bad thing when the foundation is shaken because freedom comes afterwards. And so what we are seeing is a height of people who are admitting to things they have not admitted before simply because they did not really know how to acknowledge them. And a lot of those things have to do with our mental stability, our emotional health our spiritual uh, our spiritual sanity. And so these are the kind of things we're going to talk about. I just want to talk to you about my perspective as a little old country uh, preacher, um, city boy with country ties, and I love the Lord. Miss Cam Nicole uh, wants to talk to you from her perspective uh, as a licensed professional mental health uh, individual. And we just want to see if we are the only ones who are dealing with this or is this something that is plaguing our society as we suspect? And so, you know, Cam, is it is it just me? You know, that's that's what that's what Drake asks. He asks, is it just <laughs> me? You know, you know. It, and, and so, and you, you got to pardon me because that's just that's just my music of the day. That's what <laughs> that's what I had going on when I was when I was listening. You know, what, what kind of music mm-hmm. was you listening to when you came came to the table today? What what you have listening to today, Cam? I mean, you know, I like group. One of my favorite groups is Destiny's Child. It was that was who I was listening to. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Ain't nothing wrong with Destiny's Child. No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> I, yeah, say my name. <laughs> okay, okay. Ain't nothing wrong. With that. I mean, but you know, I mean, what what, what what do you think about that? The things like you know that's been kind of showing up during this pandemic. Absolutely, and so you think? Yeah, so I would have to agree with you. I think the pandemic has really kind of drawn out some of the mental health issues. We weren't talking about mental health, you know, 15 years ago. Um, And we started to talk about it a little more, but then when the pandemic hit, it was like, whoa. (laughs) And so I think I speak for a lot of mental health professionals when I say we were being bombarded with referrals. We have wait lists um, because people are like, yeah, I need to deal with these things. Grief is coming up because we've lost, I don't even know what the number is now. Is it a million people yet? that we've lost to COVID. Um, So people are dealing with grief, people are dealing with relationship issues, family issues, um, 
undealt with trauma, unresolved trauma is coming up. And so I think now we're having to deal with these things that we haven't dealt with before. Um, As people of faith, as people of color, you know, we weren't dealing with these things before. Um, And so now we're dealing with these things. And I think one of my main goals as a person of faith, as a person of color, is to be that bridge between our community and faith and help people to view mental health in the same framework that we view physical health in, right? So we go to the doctor, we go to the dentist, you know, we get our x-rays, we get our cleanings every six months, we go to the doctor and get that checkup. But I think what we have left out for so long is mental health. It was always just pray alone. It was go to the altar and that was it. You know, we didn't want to refer people to therapy. We didn't want to um, advocate for medication. Um, so that is my goal is to help people to view mental health in the same framework that we have been reviewing physical health in. We can pray and we can go to therapy. We can pray and we can take medication if it comes to that and that's needed. Man, you know, <laughs> just right there, you know, I can identify, you know, as a person of faith and a person of color. I think you just said 78 different things that mm-hmm. I I have been told or had modeled growing up, you know, as as it relates to mental health, because it's, it's such a taboo topic. And 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was not talked about. You know, when right. I was a kid, you know, oh, that's that's a devil. You know, get mm-hmm. that, you, you know, you tell that devil. Behind the devil. Stop, you know. <laughs> and I got a little older, you know, pray your way through. Mm-hmm. You know, I, then I got a little, little, little more older. You know, praise your way through. Then I, mm-hmm. then the Lord blessed me to be a preacher, preach your way through. But mm-hmm. it, it was never addressed the issue because it was almost as if, oh, we're not going to talk about that issue because that issue is not real. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've, I've discovered, you know, even as a person of faith, that it is a real issue. And, and, mm-hmm. and so I think a lot of us, even you know, the church uh, at large has been one of the, 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 the biggest. Uh, individual groups uh, that has been affected by this pandemic. So I think a lot of people are seeing firsthand that it is a real issue. And, mm-hmm. and I think mental mental uh, health is just as important as physical health, as uh, uh, spiritual health. And, and it all plays a part together. It all ties even with your medical health. I think they all tie together and we're seeing the effects of that playing out right before us. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite therapists, um, I'm sure you've heard of her, Dr. Anita Phillips. Um, she yes. does a lot of work with Bishop Jake. She says um, prayer is a weapon. Um, <laughs> therapy is a strategy, right? So we use we use prayer, but therapy is a strategy to get us where we need to be. Um, and so I absolutely love that quote. There's nothing wrong with taking medication and going to therapy while we wait on the miracle. And I think a lot of people feel like, well, if I go to therapy or I take medication, then um, I'm not strong or it's an indictment on my faith. I, I, I must not believe that God can really heal me of depression or anxiety if I do these other things, you know, but we don't have that same viewpoint when it comes to, you know, cancer, diabetes, right? You take your insulin, you, you go get chemotherapy. And so right. there's such right. this huge right. stigma on mental health that if I take antidepressants or if I'm sitting on the couch with somebody talking through, then... You know, I'm not really saved. I'm, I must not have the Holy Ghost, you know, if I'm dealing with depression. And that's so not, that's so not true. Right. right. You know, I, I got to make a confession. And so uh, I've been so busy promoting therapy to all of my faith brethren and sisters that 
I, I haven't been to therapy in a good little minute, uh, probably during the whole pandemic. So you pray for me that I find the therapy, <laughs> and uh, and I and I'm accepting good recommendations. Uh, but when I did take that first step to go to therapy, because it was a struggle, because it in in my particular culture uh, and faith tradition, it wasn't uh, the norm. And but when I did take that step, I'm reminded of my therapist, Dr. Mark Shipley. He said, life is relentless with presenting you with opportunities where you can react, but you have to mm-hmm. choose to respond. And that, and that really stuck with me. Uh, say, say that for me again. I like that. He, he said, life is relentless with uh, presenting you with opportunities where you can react, but you have to choose to respond. Yes. And so that stuck with me because I, I, I said, man, that's right. You know, and a lot of times um, when we push things away or sweep them under the the rug or just dismiss them as if they they don't uh, exist that's a reaction and mm-hmm. you know a lot of times our culture african-american black uh and christian christian culture we have a uh trained ourselves that problem avoidance is problem solving we got this mm-hmm. big thing about keeping the peace but mm-hmm. while we keeping the peace really all we're doing is being silent while the problem still exists you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the people, uh, children of Israel, when Goliath was walking around, daring somebody to fight him, but everybody was running and hiding. You know, mm-hmm. they were silent. They were keeping the peace. They weren't, they weren't instigating them, but nobody mm-hmm. was willing to fight them. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes how we treat our issues. And the question is, you know, is God not bigger than mental health? Mm-hmm. You know, I can believe in God. Like you just said, I can believe in God and still believe that God is in the business of giving me a way to cope with what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that's, yeah. And even and when you the, said, oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, and even when you were saying, you know, we've been trained to keep the peace, right? And so it's avoidance. But sometimes when we're keeping the peace in situations, we're causing internal conflict within ourselves. Right, right. Which, which further perpetuate mental health issues right yeah definitely definitely you know and i and man i i think during this pandemic it gave me great time uh with having to change the way church was done uh i was able to take up uh a different discipline as well an added discipline should i say and mm-hmm. chaplaincy and it gave me great time to study the word of god study his people and study mm-hmm. myself as well mm-hmm. and, and in studying myself, I uh, I saw some things I didn't like, and I was glad because it gave me insight on things that I need to work on, as opposed to just re- uh, finding comfort in the statement, oh, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. You know, because when we get to that place, or that's just how I am, or that's just how they are, it's almost a statement of comfortability to the point that I'm not interested in changing. Mhm. You know, I, I suggest often that you know, I can't receive better if I think that what I have is the best. You know, my therapist told me one time. Um, she said that may be an explanation, but it's not an excuse. And I think a lot of people want to say, "Well, that's just how I am." It's like, well, that may be how you are, but is that, is that how you want to stay? And I think a lot of times we excuse people's behavior. Right. Um, because maybe they've been through things, they've been through trauma, and it's like, well, that may be how you are, but are you willing to change? And yes, that is an explanation for the way that you are, 
but I'm not going to allow that to be an excuse for you to harm the people around you or to harm me because at some point we have to take accountability for our behaviors. I think you're definitely right. I think that therapy is a, is definitely a spot on to some and and that word <laughs> accountability frightens some. And you know, and I, I see that as part of the, you know, and it could just be my generalization. I could be wrong as the sky is blue. But I believe that's part of the reason why mental health is not tackled the way it should be, because that means that I'm going to be I'm going to have to assume some accountability that I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's fine because, you know, though I'm made in the Lord's image, I'm not perfect because mm-hmm. no no one man is sinless. The only person was sinless was Christ. So mm-hmm. our, our goal is to just try to sin less. We can try to do better than what we were yesterday, but we're not perfect. But, you know, society has taught us to live these entitled lives uh, and to think that we are better than what we actually are. And mm-hmm. so... To, to have accountability to to embrace the notion that man there may be something wrong with me and that's mm-hmm. what society teaches us because in reality to have something uh that is different mentally does that mean something's wrong with you or does right. that mean that you're unique right and is there an area of opportunity i like to call it like this area of growth right is there an area of yeah. opportunity where i can grow in so it's not necessarily anything wrong with you, but can I grow in this area? Is there something that I, can someone challenge me in this area, right? So that I can be better, so that I can operate differently, so I can be better in work with my family, that I can communicate better with the people around me. Um, I think uh, Pastor Snell used to say a more excellent way, right? Is there a more excellent right, way right, for me right, to do right. this? Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because that's what it boils down to. There's another way besides mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, Solomon warns, warns us of that there's a way that seems right to a man, mm-hmm. but but the ways come to a, you know, a horrible end. The ends there are the ways of death. And, and sometimes we would rather have our way than the right way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think something like a uh, a mental disability is an opportunity, like you just said, because it gives you the gift of growth, constant growth, mm-hmm. you know, because you will always continue to work at what it is, because it gives you the opportunity to continue to, it gives you the opportunity to never settle. Mm-hmm. Because you know that this is my condition or this is what I've accepted. And so... I know what I need to do in order to uh, live with this particular function. Absolutely. Someone is able to see my blind spots. They can see something that I may not necessarily be able to see. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, you know, me personally, I don't, I don't, I don't mind uh, being open. You know, I, I found out in this particular pandemic, and I, I kind of knew it prior to, uh, but I, I didn't really know it to that level. You know, somebody were t- was talking to me, confiding to me uh, as a pastor, and they told me about something. They said, Pastor, I think you might fit this mode too. You should look into it. Something mm-hmm. called high function, high functioning depression. Never mm-hmm. heard of depression a day in my life. You know, I thought that's just what people say when you know 
they don't get their way. And because that, that's again, <laughs> again, that's what was modeled to me uh, growing up. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, whatever. And so I, I, I looked it up, and you know, I looked it up on my own, and then she sent me an article. So I read the article about high functioning depression, and I was like, man, you know, this sounds like me because in the article it was somebody who was seemingly on the outside an overachiever. Mm-hmm. Went not not just went to work every day, but went to work and and went above and beyond at work. Mm-hmm. But once they got back home, locked in the room, secluded away from everybody, you know, eating was was optional, you know, even things like normal hygiene wasn't up to par as it should be, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we we were skipping days of hygiene, but you know it was right. doing the bare minimum to get by, as opposed mm-hmm. to at one point, you know, we would, you know, as, as we mentioned off 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 tape, you know, we would mm-hmm. get the glam team involved. But now we just kind of <laughs> we just kind of piece by piece. I said, man, not only did it sound like me, I was reading this article as I was binge watching my for my first time uh, Grey's Anatomy. Which is like a sixteen, <laughs> like a sixteen seventeen season uh, uh-huh. show, and it got like twenty two uh, episodes. episodes in each season. Mm-hmm. And, and my purpose for binge watching it was because I knew it was going to keep me tied to one spot for elongated periods of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to myself, I said, I, I believe that I might be depressed. Mm-hmm. And so I got up, and and that's when I finally uh, sought to see a therapist, and and I and I, I sat with them uh, for a substantial amount of time. But prior to that young lady talking to me, and and she was confiding in me, looking mm-hmm. to me for help, <laughs> looking to me for help, and because she just thought I had the answers because I was the pastor. Right. Uh, but prior prior to her coming to me, I would have never considered that because that was not the norm in the mm-hmm. tradition I was brought up in. And and I had to ask myself, uh, I asked myself then, I wonder how long it's been going on. And as mm-hmm. I've been working through the clinical pastoral education process over the last year and a half throughout the pandemic, I realized that this is something that I carry throughout the the larger part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it blew it blew me away to simply say, I'm glad number one that God's grace covers even in spite of our ignorance. Mm-hmm. But secondly, it blew me away to say, wow, I wonder how many people just simply don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going through it. And I think you brought up something that, of course, we're going to get into later in the season, but being not only an African-American male, not only being a man of faith, but you added a third layer, which is being a leader, a pastor, right? How hard was that to deal with? You know, mm-hmm. being a pastor and having to say, wow, I'm depressed, right? I'm the person, my, one of my members or whoever it was, was coming to, coming to me for help. I'm the pastor, but I'm dealing with a mental illness, right? I'm dealing with depression. How hard was that for you? You know, uh, it, w- it was a challenge probably... I don't, it wasn't hard, you know. Okay. Th- this this member 
you know, mm-hmm. this member came to me in love, and, I, and we had a we had a great relationship. I think I think more than anything, the challenge was really just me and my ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, when she brought it to me to seek my advice, I did downplay it, and so mm-hmm. I, I think my hard part there was, was the acceptance that it, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. But when she pleaded with me to educate myself on it. That wasn't hard because of her sincerity of heart connected with my sincerity of heart. Even if I didn't believe it was a real thing, I felt where she was in her situation and mm-hmm. I wanted to connect. And, you know, and so, and boy, did I connect, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, yeah, I, I didn't think much of it when I, when I sought to inform myself, but it, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. So I, I really just think I underestimated it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even for me as being a therapist, you know, I think people are surprised to think or to know that therapists deal with things. <laughs> it's like, oh right. my gosh, you're a therapist. Um, but even prior to becoming a therapist, you know, during my teenage years, I've dealt with depression. Um, even now, you know, my family has went through a transition of, you know, loss and grief. You know, so even for me, having to deal with all of those things, um, of course, I won't say it's easier, but I think for me, knowing different coping skills and, and knowing how to maybe manage, but I, I'm in therapy weekly, like even now, <laughs> um, trying to deal with and manage those things. And so it's important that we normalize for people that regardless of who you are, what title you may have um that like it's okay to to seek help to go to therapy yeah yeah you know and with your weekly sessions does does that you know feed into or inspire you or help you when you're doing your weekly work with others absolutely um i get nuggets from my therapist you know sometimes um you know I like to talk a lot when I'm in therapy because I think just because of my own personality I talk myself through things and so my therapist doesn't really have to do a lot of work (laughs) Um, so I'm like kind of talking through talking myself through whatever it is that I'm discussing and it really helps me especially when my client may be going through something similar um and I can use those those techniques, those nuggets, whatever it is, you know, with my clients and kind of give them some insight um, in their situation. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that even with the growing acceptance of it, there are still those who are helped by it but are not open you know, are not free to openly speak about it mm-hmm. because of the stigma, you know, that, that surrounds it and mm-hmm. in certain aspects. You know, Dr. Sam Chan in his book, Leadership Pain, he says you need to be uh, to the point where you are uh, open enough to, uh, to reach the people, mm-hmm. uh, to connect with them, but not vulnerable enough to allow them to destroy you. Mm-hmm. You know, because confession is good for the soul, mm-hmm. bad bad for the reputation. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, as my mother would say, 
everyone's not happy for your happiness. Mm-hmm. And to and to me, you know, somebody seeking to work through their issues, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think so. But a lot of people don't see it that way. And a lot of people who are working through their issues are ashamed to talk about it openly because they fear what people may say about them. The judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's not just in our culture. I, I see that, you know, uh, in and outside our culture, you know, right. in this in this new role in ministry as a chaplain, you know, I'm almost like James Bond. People only talk to me when everybody else is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're willing to talk, but they don't want nobody to know that they're willing to talk. Right. <laughs> and so where do you think we begin with? I guess trying to destigmatize mental hate, mental health within our faith, within our community. Where do you think it begins? You know, that's a, that's a good question, and, and I'm torn with that because I think, on one hand, I think education is is good. I think education is helpful, but on the other hand, I I do think that it's being commercialized. And I think the word depression is thrown around, thrown around so loosely uh, and just mental illnesses are kind of almost uh, glamorized as if it's something uh, cool to have. And, mm-hmm. and so so I, I struggle with, you know, exactly how would you begin? Mm-hmm. Do you do you see that from your angle and feel? You know, I think. I think it's good that we're talking about it more because I think it has been so stigmatized. Um, I think people are, I don't think it's that it's being so much glamorized. I think it's that I've been dealing with this in the closet. I think like you've previous, like you just previously mentioned, people are only willing to talk in private. And so, so many people have been dealing with depression, anxiety, you know, bipolar, and don't even start with, you know, schizophrenia if they're having hallucinations and delusions right that is really seen as you know the devil and where's the oil right and so people are definitely not going to talk about that and so I think now that we're really starting to move towards it's okay right there's nothing wrong with you people are opening up and I think we start with having these kind of conversations that we're having today and then taking these conversations into the church and into our communities where people like us are and letting them know, like, yes, this is okay. Not that it's cool. I mean, we have, to be honest, like, no one wants to have delusions and hallucinations. I don't think anybody wants that because that's not fun. Um, and so I, we start with having these conversations and then having faith leaders to because people look to their faith leaders to say, well, is this okay for me to go to therapy and take medication? Having faith leaders to start talking about it more and saying, if this is you, if this, this is something that you're living with, experiencing, like, let's talk about it. Let's get you some help um, versus calling things, you know, something that it's not. I definitely, definitely agree. And, and you know, I have a counter question. Mm-hmm. We may have to, we may have to add it to the docket of season two or okay. maybe emergency episode in season one. Okay. <laughs> and so and so with your with your angle of how to begin, 
what would you say to a percentage of the faith groups who deem uh, the LGBTQIA plus group, which is a uh, which is the leading civil rights group at the time, mm-hmm. who deemed them as a result of mental illness? How would you how would you as a licensed uh, mental health professional speak to that towards a faith group? I mean, how would you en- enlighten and educate a faith group who thinks that? Uh, a civil rights group, uh, a freedom of speech group, is a result of a mental illness. Ooh, that's a tough one. We have to do that later. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, my first response is that that was taken out of the DSM Edition 5, which is a Diagnostic Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. That's a mouthful. That was taken, that was removed. So that is not seen as a mental disorder. Um, so that is that is a discussion between faith and mental health. And so I'm going to say, let's talk about that in a later episode. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, that. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be a long discussion. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's devote an entire episode to that. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, and, and I, and I figured we probably would, you know, but you know, and I, and I think like at the start, you would run into some groups as such. I don't think it's a large, percentage of the fake population but I do think it, no, there you know, are there are some that have that belief um, and I have run into some um, but for the majority most faith people do not have that belief um, and so there is a clash with that you run into something really I'm surprised I stay in the Bible Belt and I haven't ran into any you ran into some in Texas yes um, mostly African Americans African American Christians believe that it is like they were born, you know, uh-huh. born that way. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, given you know our, our faith and and race culture, I can mm-hmm. I can see that. I can, okay, mm-hmm. okay, all right, all right. So uh, okay, uh, so you know, I, I uh, I'm excited about uh, what we got going on. You kind of hinted earlier about uh what we got coming down the pipeline. Did you want to speak to that a little bit? I do. I did. Um, I think I mentioned, um, you know, as far as you being, you know, a leader and dealing with some of those things. So we're going to kind of talk about leaders in mental health. Um, as you just mentioned, you know, asking me the question regarding, you know, LGBTQIA+. Um, so we are definitely going to touch on sexuality, mental health, and the church. Um, so I'm excited about some of those things. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships and communication. So, you guys follow us on Instagram. It's at come see real quick. Um, so I'm definitely excited. Like I said earlier, um, this is a passion of mine. And so I'm, I'm definitely excited about trying to be um, kind of grabbing a hold of the people that have gone before me, Dr. Anita Phillips, Brittany Moses, um, Dr. Tama Bryant. I love her, you know, just kind of taking hold of what they've already been doing and continuing to be the bridge between mental health, our community and faith. All right, all right. And I'm, again, just excited to be here, talk about the Lord, and talk about the love I have for people. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to keep their faith and hope and love and tradition of Jesus, Dr. James Cone, and all religious scholars, uh, but more so uh, than religion, just 
to spread the relationship that Christ wants us to embody in our day-to-day living. Come see real quick and join us every Monday night. Let us be your Monday night move. Check us out on Instagram at Come See Real Pick. Download us on Apple iPod, uh, Apple Podcast. Come see real quick. Come see real quick. Rev Young Yates, Cam Nicole. Come see. Be blessed and remember, you're on the mind of God.